You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here, along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. And Ian, the Red Sox out west, obviously, briefly in San Francisco. It's just a two-game series, which seems odd to go all the way out to San Francisco for just two, but that's the case. It's interleague play, obviously, which has certain... uh, effects on this Red Sox team and and one of the big ones obviously is David Ortiz who's having such a great season but suddenly he becomes a pinch hitter for this team in a National League ballpark now the good news is he was successful as a pinch hitter on Tuesday night he was able to come in in the seventh inning close game get a run in albeit on a ground out but um it hurts to not have Ortiz obviously from from first pitch but on the other hand it's nice to have a guy like that that you can go to whenever you want to late in the game yeah Tim, you know in past years they've always played david ortiz at first base during interleague series at least for one or two games maybe not the whole series but um you know there's a reason this guy is retiring his uh <laughs> his legs and his feet you know they're they're, they're not in great shape here so <laughs> they're just trying to piece it together so he's just kind of hitting his way through his last season but it's kind of painful to watch him run and they just don't think that um, right now, playing first would be conducive to David. Maybe later in the year, or, you know, hopefully they get to the World Series. I'm sure if they can get that far, he'd find a way to play first base then. But uh, yeah, right now it just kind of is what it is, and uh, this is the way you're going to see it for a while. For all those people that say, "Oh, he's not going to retire," look at the season he's having. He's certainly going to change his mind. Well, this is kind of a sign, right, that this is indeed the last go around for David Ortiz. Yeah, I mean, any, every time he runs, it's <laughs> a sign of uh, you know why he's retiring, and that's kind of what it makes it amazing how well he's hitting the ball. It's just uh, you know his legs, uh, his legs are in great shape right now. The uh, updates have come out as far as All Star voting goes, and Red Sox. Doing well in the all-star voting. Obviously, that happens when you're winning baseball games. But uh, young players seem to be uh, finally getting noticed as far as the league and the voting goes. Obviously, David Ortiz leading the way for designated hitters in the American League. That's a no-brainer. But Jackie Bradley Jr. breaks into the top three as far as outfielders go. And Xander Bogarts leading the way at shortstop, which I think going into the season you wouldn't have guessed with all the other young, talented shortstops in baseball. Uh, but people are taking notice of these young Red Sox guys. Yeah, it's kind of nice. You know, I think uh, people are really starting, especially Red Sox fans, are really um, starting to like this team. And they have players they feel that they can root for, and players that are very excited to watch. We saw two really long hitting streaks by both uh, Bradley and Bogarts that was you know, really enjoyable for the fans to sort of follow for, for a few weeks there. So, yeah, it's nice to have the excitement back with the Red Sox. So you look at the fact last year, their only <laughs> their only starter in the All-Star game, or their only player in the All-Star game last year was a guy who didn't even play every day in Brock Holtz. Um, I thought Bogarts actually should have made the team last year. But, uh, yeah, it's a big, a huge difference from last year where you're just trying to, scrambling, trying to find anyone from the Red Sox who deserves to be on the team. And now, uh, you know, you have anywhere from five to six guys who, who really deserve to be on the team. Yeah, and right now, if things, uh, if the voting ended, they'd have three starters, which would be pretty impressive, especially with two of them as young as they are. And it, the hitting streaks continue. David Ortiz now on, on, well, I guess his hitting streak ends, though, with the uh, ground out yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah, it's kind of a tough way for it to end. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but he's Chris Chris Young has one going, although he doesn't play every day. It's it's good stuff from this team. All right, so the series continues on Wednesday night, and what a great matchup it is! David Price, Madison Bumgarner, two of the best lefties in the game, and also two guys that seem to be in top form right now. And David Price last five starts, 
seems like the David Price that that the Red Sox went out and signed in the offseason. And I don't want to give you too much praise here, Ian, but you did predict a slow start for David Price and that he would get things going a little bit later. Maybe not because of the mechanical issues, but I got to give you credit for it. Um, but he has been tremendous lately. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, guys go to these markets and inevitably, um, you know, it's human nature to sort of just try too hard to impress your teammates and to show fans, you know, why they spent all this money on you. And it just happens numerous cases, Tim, to guys who sign with Boston or New York, those, those two cities. I've seen it a million times over the last few years. And David, to me, the one thing I stuck about, out about David was he wasn't, he wasn't the type of guy who was going to get swallowed up by it. He was the guy who was going to have a little hiccup at first and then, you know, figure out that it was a mechanical thing. And I think it had, a, you know, something to do with adjusting to the market. Also, even though he doesn't admit that, I think it is an adjustment. Um, and now I, I don't even think he's pitched as well as he can pitch yet. I still think he's going to start to pitch uh, better. And, you know, what better way than tonight to go against Madison Baumgartner? Uh, so I think that you might really see David Price click uh, going forward here. Certainly AT&T Park, a nice place to pitch as far as a huge ballpark and, and plenty of room. A little bit different for a left-hander than pitching at Fenway, so he'll be able to take advantage of that as well. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is back, um, obviously a couple starts in. How how has he looked in your mind so far, Ian? Well, he looked really good in Baltimore. Then yeah. this last time out, um, he was just for whatever reason, Tim, he didn't trust his secondary stuff, and it was just way too fastball happy. And against the Toronto team like that, uh, if you're just going to be try to beat them with one pitch, they have too many hitters in that lineup who can beat you. And that's exactly what happened. He gave up only four hits in the game. Uh, all four of them were home runs. But, yeah, I think Eduardo's going to be fine. He's still feeling his way back. It's been a tough go for him having to deal with that knee injury for so long. He's just now regaining confidence in the knee. So I think he'll be pretty good, but just has to make sure to trust his other pitches, which he didn't do last time. Yeah, not the ideal lineups to get your first two starts against either way when you talk about Baltimore right. and Toronto and the way those teams can swing the bats. Um, the uh, the injury bug has struck, and, and we've talked about the Red Sox catching depth, and we talked about if they'd be able to hang on to all these catchers uh, back in spring training, and they found right. a way to do that. And, man, it's a good thing because now Blake Swihart, who granted had been playing left field, he goes on the DL with a sprained ankle. Ryan Hannigan, a neck strain. Uh, so despite all the catchers in the system, they still have to go down to AAA, bring up Sandy Leone. Um, but he's a guy at least that was that was with the Red Sox a year ago and that they're comfortable with. Yeah, Sandy is a very good, very major league caliber defensive catcher. Uh, you really don't – I don't know if you lose anything from Hannigan to Leone – uh, from a defensive standpoint. But uh, Hannigan's a guy who gives you a really good at-bat up there. Doesn't have great numbers, but always gives you a good at-bat. Hits the ball out of the ballpark every now and then. So uh, you do lose something offensively, but it's not a big deal. So I think they'll be fine. Uh, it sounds like Hannigan's only going to be out for two weeks. But it, it was unfortunate because, you know, Swihart ironically gets hurt the same day. And, you know, this would have been a chance for him to catch for a couple weeks and maybe see if he can make some improvements in that area. But now, uh, you know, really, there's a lot of concern for Blake Swihart right now because that was a bad injury. I'm sure you saw the replay, and this could be a long time before he plays again. I'm really worried about uh, – I don't think they've given us the full <laughs> details on actually what this injury is. I think it's really more than a sprained ankle, um, and it's just uh, you know it's just painful. One of those injuries, painful to look at the replay to see his foot get stuck in that wall and that uh, the, the undercarriage, I guess, sort of 
of that wall. So uh, yeah, we don't we don't we'll know we'll have a little bit better idea in a couple weeks exactly how long he's going to be out. But it sounds like it could be a while. Yeah, if it is indeed just a sprained ankle, then you got to give him credit for uh, I don't know pregame stretching or whatever to allow him to to escape with just that. Um, the draft's coming up this week. Ian, Thursday through Saturday, uh, the coverage on MLB.com, also MLB Network. Um, and it's the first year, as far as Dave Dombrowski and Mike Hazen go for the Red Sox um, into this draft. And obviously, the previous regime did a great job as far as drafting. I mean, there may have been shortcomings in other areas, but but this is a system that's loaded with talent, despite the fact that we've seen a lot of the talent graduate to the major leagues and we've seen other talent traded away in the offseason. There's still a good nucleus coming up through, and this is a chance to, to obviously add to that. Is there a philosophy that you think um, Dombrowski and Hazen will have with this team when it comes to drafting? Yeah, personally, Tim, I think Dave Dombrowski's philosophy was to draft is to not overdo it and to trust his people. Where I think um, you know, guys like Theo Epstein and Ben Sherrington, more like the new school kind of GMs who are really into the draft and really uh, go out and watch a lot of these players. Dave feels that his responsibility is to know everything he needs to know about the major league team. So I think that Dave has really trusted uh, Mike Hazen, uh, Mike Rickard, the scouting director, um, Emil Sadai, who used to be the amateur scouting director, and now he's more overseas scouting as a whole. He trusts these guys, and he trusts their system. And he says, you know, you guys have made good picks. You know what you're doing. And uh, this way Dave can continue to focus on the major league team. So I think that uh, Dave's just going to let those guys go out and do their job. And I think the one thing Dave probably told these guys is, look, uh, this organization is loaded with position players right now, but we do not have uh, – we haven't developed – we haven't done a good job developing pitching in the last few years. And I think that if anything, Dave, if anything Dave has said, I think it's probably that. Look, let's let's find a way to to do a better job of identifying pitchers in the draft that can help this team going forward. Yeah, and as good a job as as they've obviously done with the with the position players, and they've gotten guys throughout the draft. They've gotten guys late. Mookie Betts was a fifth round pick. That you know they've struck gold with stuff like that. Um, they've swung and missed on some pitchers. I mean, some of them the the jury is still out on, but. But they definitely haven't had the same luck. Now, one interesting thing about this draft is is the depth in this draft is high school pitching. But yeah. I wonder if the Red Sox are kind of wary to go that direction because there's so much. With these high school pitchers, it's a lot of high-risk, high-reward. Yeah, I mean, that was how they got John Lester. You know, it did, yeah. you know they drafted John in uh, 2002, and then he was pitching for the Red Sox four years later. So I think he was kind of a success story when it comes to high school pitching. I mean, it'd be nice if you get a really good college pitcher who you think could make a impact soon. But you know, I just don't know how many of those guys are out there. But yeah, I mean, I don't think they would shy away from if they saw a real difference maker who was a high school pitcher. Um, I don't think they would shy away from that. You know, you take you take a leap, you know, a leap pitching prospect anyway. You can get it short term, long term, uh, medium term. So I think they're going to look at all pitchers, and that's what they've been doing the last couple of weeks to get ready for this draft. Yeah, and picking number 12, there's certainly going to be a talented player there. It's just uh, it's all about making that right choice. It'll be interesting. That's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.